When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On his way home, down the hill, near Nobby's Beach for the final time. The crowd giving him a warm celebration, a warm welcome as he's on his way to the chequered flag. Yesterday, he won. He had it taken away from him for a technical infringement. This one, no problems with pit stops and dry ice and where the cool box was. He's been cool, calm and racy. Shane Van Gisbergen wins race two on the streets of Newcastle. The margin back to Chaz Mostert. At the end is four and a half seconds. Mostert's on the podium. He's the championship leader. Well, the supercars are back for the 2023 season. So is SVG on the evidence of that. But this time, it's a new generation of cars on the grid. Gone are the days of the Ford Falcon versus the Holden Commodore. Now it's the Ford Mustang up against the Chevy Camaro. It all kicked off an incredible amount of drama at the Newcastle Street Circuit involving great New Zealander, yep, Shane Van Gisbergen. SEN and SEN has live commentary throughout the supercar season. And with us now is our commentator, Aaron Noonan. Aaron, good morning to you. Thank you for your time. Yeah, pleasure, Smithy. How are you, mate? I'm really good, thanks, mate. Hey, listen. Uh, before we get to uh, the drama, what about the crowd? 167,000 in the crowd. How did you rate that as a season opener in the 20 years you've had covering Australian motorsport? Oh, it's right up there, Smithy. Absolutely. It, it was a great crowd, great weather, great way to start a new season. First time we've ever done it, though, in Newcastle. For many years, we we were in Adelaide for the first round of the season, but that's now the last round of the Supercars Championship. And Newcastle, when it was on the calendar was the last round. So they've swapped spots. It felt a little strange being uh, there this time of year. But um, three years away, we haven't had that event for three years because of COVID. So the fans voted with their feet. And I think there was probably a, a little bit of a question mark with, as you mentioned before, that we've no more holding. It's gone. That era is, is over. And there was probably, uh, probably a few question marks whether fans would stick with the sport to the degree that they have in the past without that uh, traditional rivalry, but I think they voted with their feet. We saw on the weekend that they're, they're as into supercars as they've ever been, the motor racing faithful, and they got one heck of a fight on the track for two days of racing on the weekend, and of course, plenty of controversy swirling around the place uh, before mm. and after it all as well, which keeps it all buzzing along. Yeah, interesting, actually. We'll talk about that uh, if you like. A protest was lodged against Triple Eight Racing following that first race uh, with uh, Van Gisbergen and Brock Feeney finishing first and second. They were found to have their cooling systems packed with dry ice and to the right of the driver, not on the passenger side as per the rules. Does that just come down to safety or is the, does it give them any great advantage? Well, it depends on which side of the fence you're on here on this one, but they they thought they had the okay from it. Um, they had uh, uh, discussed it with supercars and their head of motorsport, who's Adrian Burgess, who's a a long-time part of the, the supercars pit lane. And I think they took a discussion as being an approval. And I think that's seen the other way from, from Adrian and supercars side of the fence. So uh, it's a technical rule. So um, it, it's kind of, it's not a little bit in or a little bit out. If you've broken the rule, you've broken the rule. And 
the, the rules are that it must be in that other in the passenger uh, part of the car. And the only course for the, the stewards in that matter was to exclude he uh, being Shane and Brock Feeney, his young Aussie teammate, from first and second in the race. Now, the Triple Eight team have appealed that, so uh, the, the story is not finished there yet. Whether they get their points and their results back remains to be seen, but they are certainly going to fight to try to uh, reclaim those points because it's not just for the drivers. It's for the teams as well. There's a separate teams championship, and as it sits right now, uh, they're the reigning champions of both, and they're ninth in the teams points. And their drivers, uh, Shane Van Gisbergen, now currently is 11th, and Brock Feeney is 18th in the drivers points. But should they win that appeal, that will obviously turn around, and and Shane will reclaim the championship lead. It's enough being done to make sure races are competing safely. If Triple uh, Eight feel they had to resort to a measure like that. Well, well they've, they've taken the decision to... Uh, they've usually been using a different cooling system um, that what teams have traditionally used to, to cool the drivers' um, uh, suits. And uh, it's called a chill-out um, system. So that was in the correct place. There's no problem there. Um, but they were using dry ice um, and it was being refilled and stored on the, the driver's side for the helmet cooling uh, to keep the driver's helmet cool. So um, certainly there's obviously it's an issue of safety. Keeping the, the drivers cool is, is very important because you know race cars are a hot in, uh, environment. They're, they're probably the hottest office any employee would, would ever find in sport. But uh, mm-hmm. in this case, the rules are the rules now whether the rules need to be maybe looked at in future to um, determine where um, some of these safety devices might be able to be. It probably opens the discussion too that is already ongoing, that they have discussed whether there's a, a means in future to uh, have some air conditioning systems in these cars to try to assist with that driver cooling. But it was pretty warm on the weekend in Newcastle and it was really humid. It was about 80% humidity on all three days. So it was tough environment for the, for the drivers who've had, you know, they've had an off-season where they haven't really been racing. handful of them did some speedway. I know Shane did some, some speedway stuff in, in New Zealand and uh, Cam Waters, the Ford driver, who was given the, the victory on Saturday after crossing the line third, he's been doing dirt track sprint car racing uh, in the off-season. So, uh, but for, for all of them, by and large, apart from a couple of test days, they haven't raced since uh, the start of December in Adelaide. So... It's a bit of a brutal way to have your first day at the office of a new season, isn't it, where they go and give you a 30-odd-degree day, uh, ambient temp, and, and the cars get up to 40, 50 degrees, and uh, they give you 95 laps to go and race around a track with 80% humidity. It's, uh, they, don't, they don't warm you up to this stuff. It's, uh, it's straight into it for a new season. Indeed, indeed. Look, uh, in, in race two, uh, Shane Van Gisbergen uh, was uh, part of a... Another um, event, uh, and it was called out as being a little bit cheeky there by Chas Mostert. That was the, the move to overtake on the final laps. Uh, were you happy with that level of contact? Yeah, I didn't really think there was too much in it, Smithy. It was one of those things where Shane had a, a big advantage. He had more grip than Chas in those closing laps. He was catching him, and it, it was trying to set him up for a pass to come out of that uh, turn nine onto the back straight. And... Um, he was already pinched across to the right up against the concrete wall. Chaz just moved across a little bit to try to um, open up, and there was a little bit of a rub there. But uh, as Craig Baird, the, the Kiwi uh, former long-time driver, he's the driving standards advisor, and um, he basically is he's kind of the guy who recommends the penalties if there's one that's required. In this case, it was a bit of both. I mean, Shane had his car in a place to try to 
uh, set himself up for the run off the corner. Chaz just moved across a little bit. There was a little bit of a bump, but it wasn't a case of, uh, I don't feel shame, you know, drilling in the back of Chaz and pushing him wide to open up the corner to, to go on by. Uh, and that's how Craig has, has looked at it too. Hence, it was deemed play on a racing incident. And, um, and I think to Chaz, um, to his credit in the aftermath, once he'd seen the vision, he didn't quite realise that there was an overlap where his car and, and Shane's car were, were not exactly uh, fully separated. And as he moved across, he, um, you know, the rear of his car went across the front and bumped the front of Shane. So I think even he said sort of, OK, well, I get it, I see it, I've seen the vision and, and know how it was. So I think that was probably the least controversial element to the whole weekend for Shane. Um, and there's been, and he actually posted on social media overnight to explain himself a little bit more in the wake of his um, actions post-race on Sunday where he, he re- basically refused to uh, speak at the, the press conference and in the aftermath of the, the TV interviews after the race because uh, he um, has made some comments earlier in the weekend about the, the new cars, the Gen 3 cars, and um, mm. he's not a big fan of them and, and he's bitten his tongue, I think, during the off-season. He hasn't made much public comment at all, but he made some comments on Friday about the heat in the cars and on Saturday about their uh, excuse me, raceability as well. Um, and he's saying that the supercars head management weren't too thrilled with um, those comments. So he was taking the stance of, well, if I don't say anything, I can't get in trouble about anything. So I think he went a bit too far, though, with uh, the stance because he, he refused to answer questions about things that weren't related to that topic, which has sort of set off a, a little bit of a firestorm in the aftermath. But I guess the one thing it shows to me is that people are in the supercars because they're caring about it, they're talking about it, they're mm. engaging with it, and uh, we're off and running for a new season. So a bit of controversy, that's just kind of how it all rolls. Uh, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, and there's probably no such thing when it comes to that kind of thing as a bad headline. And uh, uh, if it's in the headlines, it's in the news, and people are taking interest, which uh, they will have certainly been doing with the new cars. What was your impression? Was, was, uh, his, were his views a consensus amongst the drivers? What, what were you making of the actual performance levels of the new cars? Well, it's completely different to, to everything that we've had previously in supercars. So the, the, the chassis are different, the engines are different, the wheels are different. All of the, all of the parts except the gearbox from the old car are brand new. And I think there was probably a lot of people who thought that there'd be lots of cars retiring because parts would break, engines would have dramas, wheels would fall off. There's been a range of different teething issues in the lead-up. But when you look at the two races... I think there was one retirement on Saturday. That was Chas Mossett's teammate, Nick Perkat. That was because of a brake issue. And then on Sunday, it was um, uh, accidents because James Courtney crashed his car in the shootout and Declan Fraser, his Dickford teammate, the young Australian driver, uh, crashed only a matter of metres off the start line when he bumped with Macaulay Jones and ended up in a concrete wall. So, so there were reasons for cars not finishing that weren't because of these new cars having failures. So, uh, and, and they were close. I mean, the, the top 10 shootout the other day um, I think it was the Sunday top 10 shootout, uh, Saturday, I should say, Brody Kostecki had pole by 0.15 of a second, which is not very big, but then it was 0.15 covering the rest of the cars behind him, which uh, was quite amazing. So, And I think everybody in the lead-up was going to wonder, is there fair... It's called parity. Is it fair between the Chevrolet Camaro and the Ford Mustang? And that was the word leading into the weekend. That was the big word. And then no one remembered the word for the whole weekend after that because everyone got into the racing. There was the, the controversy with the Red Bull cars on Saturday and then Shane stuff in the aftermath of Sunday. So, uh, so far, so good. I mean, we saw 
a Ford win one race, a Chev win the other race. A Ford driver leads the championship at the moment in Chas Mostert. Mm. Uh, Gisbergen may lead it again should he um, get his points back from the Saturday if he's appeal is successful. But uh, by and large, I don't think there was anyone really um, jumping up and down about it not being fair between the two brands of car. Although we've only had one round and it's uh, we need a little bit more... Um, uh, a few more races, a few more rounds and a few different types of tracks to get a, a clearer picture. But so far, so good. I think it was a really good rollout for the, the new era of cars uh, for Gen 3. And um, and they're just very different. So the drivers and teams are going to have to adapt to them. And, and they'll do that in, in due course and time. And, and they'll find all of the, the tweaks that are needed to, to make them go faster and perform better. Uh, interesting that uh, first time since uh, Homebush in uh, 2016 that uh, Dick Johnson Racing didn't finish inside the top 10 over the weekend. Uh, so obviously, as you point out, it's going to take some adjustment, even for the, the likes of the experienced drivers like uh, De Pasquale and, and Will Davidson, struggling for the speed in their Mustangs. Yeah, they were nowhere. They, they still, uh, it was unbelievable that they, uh, they just did not threaten the top 10 at all. And we saw the unbelievable scenario Sunday, Smithy, where um, they were getting lapped by Shaman Gisbergen and, and the Shell V Power team, Dick Johnson Racing, the famous team from Queensland. Um, yeah, it, it's they've gone from being the, the champions with Scotty McLaughlin, with Roger Penske, the American powerhouse of racing. Um, Penske moved on, took McLaughlin with him to go to IndyCars in America and he's been going so well there. And really, it's... Um, it's been a downward slide ever since, and it's, it's actually new management. It's a new era there. Uh, there's a new uh, majority owner there in Brett Ralph, who's a, a Melbourne businessman uh, here in Australia who owns a range of other sporting teams in other leagues, rugby league and, and netball and so on. Um, and he's employed a new CEO in David Noble, who was a coach in the Australian Football League in the Aussie Rules over here, um, only mm-hmm. as a matter of last year but until he, he lost his, his gig with the Kangaroo team, so um, North Melbourne. So really different era there, and they've not started the best way possible. In fact, they were the, the, of the five different teams that raced Fords, they were fifth. So they have really got to claw their way out. They've got a, a bit of an issue on their hands, and um, they've got to turn it around really fast. As, uh, last season, of course, it was like nobody could stop uh, Van Gisbergen, uh, disqualifi- uh apart from the odd disqualification. Uh, do you feel as if it's going to be a, a lot more even this year with these new cars? Well, that was the theory, wasn't it? That, that resetting it all with new cars would um, would help things. But the other thing not to forget here is that his Triple Eight team were the homologation team for Chevrolet. They are the ones who basically designed the new Gen Three platform um, and done obviously all the testing of the Camaro as well. So, yes, that information shared by Supercars with with all the other teams. But this is a team that has you know the the amount of um, trophies in their cabinet at their workshop in Brisbane these new cabinets need to be built uh, quite regularly because they're, they're unbelievably strong. Um, they've got uh, SVG, who is at the top of his game. Uh, but they're beatable. Um, on their day, they're beatable. They, they make mistakes like anybody else. Um, so I think you, you probably need to look at um, can Brock Feeney, Shane's teammate, step it up and, and get a bit closer. Chas Mostert's clearly a factor. Cam Waters is a factor for Ford. Um, so they are the raging favourites and they showed the speed on I mean, Shane won the race on Saturday by 14 seconds and he won on Sunday by just under five, although it was six laps shorter than originally scheduled because of the, the time that was lost with the repairs to the barrier uh, after the crash at the start line. So he could have won by 
potentially uh, a little bit more. So um, we've changed the rules, we've changed the game, we've changed the cards, but we've kind of got the, the same result in terms of, of Shane and Triple H strength. But uh, that's probably to have been expected because they're at the top of their game, but by no means will they win every race. Um, you simply can't stay up uh, on the way, all the way through a 28-race, 12-round season. So, um, And I think a lot of teams would have taken a little bit of heart away from the weekend in terms of the way that their, their speed was, how they rolled their new cars out, their reliability. So uh, it, it's on for young and old when we get to Melbourne for the Grand Prix uh, at Albert Park in a couple of weeks' time, no doubt. Well, we look forward to that. We look forward to your call as well, uh, Aaron. Uh, yeah, Melbourne uh, is uh, in a fortnight's time, so we look forward to, <coughs> to just see how they've progressed as well uh, in their new machines. Uh, thanks for your time this morning. Very enlightening, um, and all the best. Pleasure, Smithy. Chat soon.